Hello, this is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the Oh, Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here. I have an amazing person to share with you who has so much good stuff to say about men's health, men's sexual health. I get so pumped up and so excited when I have something to share that can help you have better sex. Yes, I do. I want you to have better sex, solo sex with a partner, with partners, whatever you do. I love to give you information that will help you have better sex. And this will surely do that. On my podcast, I talk about all things related to sexuality, sexual health. I talk to experts and all these amazing people that have so much help for us to have better sex. And I talk about erotica. I interview erotica authors. I read my erotica and I read others, all things related to sex. So if you're under 18, it is time to leave the podcast now. This is adult-only content, but once you are 18, you are welcome back. So today I am talking to Dr. Tracy Gappin. Hello, everyone. I am so excited. I am so pumped. So pumped. I'm so excited. I'm just like giddy (laughs) to talk to this man. He is just amazing. This man has done so much stuff. Okay, wait till you hear all of this. You got to stick around. So his name is Dr. Tracy Gappin. Okay, listen. So this is really geared towards men. Obviously, women, it's important to women too, women who are partners of men. But what we're going to focus on today is men's sexual health and why you all should consider switching away from pharmaceutical and or invasive treatments for temporary success to sustainable regenerative therapy for lifetime success, long-term regenerative ED therapy. Okay. This is Gaines Wave. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him before I introduce him. I'm so, I'm so excited. (laughs) I love, love, love trying to help people have better sex. It's just so important. Okay. Ready? Dr. Tracy Gappin is a surgeon world-renowned health and performance expert, and the founder of the Gappen Institute for High Performance Health. He's also a thought leader, a professional speaker, and the author of the best-selling books, Male 2.0 and Codes of Longevity. His passion and purpose is providing executives and entrepreneurs a personalized path to better energy, better brain power, better body, and even better sex. Oh, fuck yeah. He's the creator of the N1 High Performance Health Program that provides the data-driven approaches you need to optimize your brain and body for peak performance. And now you're going to wonder, is this just a United States thing? It's not. You can access the website, Gainswave, and His group will talk with anyone from around the country, and they are also starting to cultivate more and more across international spaces. So do not hesitate to reach out to Dr. Gappin and his team. I will put all of the links down in the podcast notes, but quickly, you can find out more on the web at gainswave.com, Facebook, Gainswave. Instagram, Gaines Wave, and on Twitter, Gaines Wave. 
That's pretty easy to remember, right? G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E. Okay, now stay tuned for this amazing talk. I learned so much and I am super excited. I am pumped. I am like giddy. (laughs) I am so excited to share this talk with you and all the amazing things he has to say and how to improve you sexually and all across your health. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Welcome. I'm so excited to talk with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me today. Tell me about your therapy. This is just, I was, it's really mind blowing. I'm so intrigued. Yeah, sure. So I am a board certified urologist. I run a, a high level health and performance center called the Gap Institute for High Performance Health. And I focus on upgrading your health, upgrading your life. And a big part of that is sex. And people are often hesitant and squeamish to talk about it, but it's a super important um, aspect of a relationship and of your health and, and, you know, long-term vitality is, is really critically important. And so I am devoted to helping my patients achieve, you know, success in all areas of their life, especially sex. And so when we look at ways of addressing that, there are the traditional short-term solutions that are out there, the pills, the injections, the sex, you know, penis pumps, which are really band-aids, if you will, to provide a short-term um, quick fix for sexual function. But what I'm more focused on is how can we fix this long-term? How can we fix the underlying issues so that this is not something that men need to deal with long-term? And you know, I work with a lot of couples and it affects the women just as much as it affects the men because, oh, yeah. you know, women need to be satisfied as well, obviously. And so when we look at the the regenerative options, the long-term solutions for ED, one of the most attractive ones is what's called Gainswave. And uh, Gainswave is a, a therapy that's been around for a while now. It's It's actually a therapy that I've used for over 20 years as a urologist because in my former life as a, as a very busy urologist in a clinical practice, we did a, a ton of work with kidney stones and shockwave therapy is a modality that's been used to treat kidney stones. Well, we realize when we take that same treatment, that same modality at a lower intensity level, it actually stimulates creation of new blood vessels called angiogenesis. Oh. And they realized that, Hey, this is a potentially viable option to improve blood flow to the penis. And you think of an erection as nothing more than increased blood flow to the penis. And so studies showed, holy cow, that this is actually very effective at stimulating angiogenesis, new blood vessel, new blood flow creation in the penis. And so then dozens of studies subsequently have shown that in real life, clinically in men, that shockwave therapy, low intensity shockwave therapy stimulates regeneration, repair, remodeling of the penis and improvement in sexual function. And so that's why I love Gainswave so much because we have the science behind it showing that it's actually improving sexual function by stimulating new blood flow. You know, I think this is really great is that it points out the fact that this is like a physical condition. Like some men feel like it's their fault. Like it's my fault that I can't maintain an erection. And it's really, it's physical, right? It's, it's blood vessels. It is exactly. Yeah, it is. You know, as much as people are uncomfortable talking about it and it's, you know, it becomes a squeamish topic, it comes down to anatomically, you know, we need to find a way to restore normal, healthy blood flow. And what's also important to recognize is that ED is not by itself on an island as, as 
an issue in the bedroom, it has underlying physiologic causes that need to be addressed. So what I mean by that is you think about at, at a microscopic level, how do you get increased blood flow? Well, you need a hormone called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a hormone that's made by the lining of your blood vessels that causes those blood vessels to get bigger, get larger, so that you get increased rush of blood into the penis. That vasodilation is what it's called is needed for an erection. Well, nitric oxide is dramatically affected by things like insulin resistance and inflammation. And so you can therefore instantly understand how your life, your behaviors, your overall health can affect your sexual function. And so when I work with men, I will address the ED with treatment modalities such as Gainswave, PRP, platelet-rich plasma, exosomes, all these other great cutting-edge regenerative treatments. But if we don't also address the entire body in more of an integrated, comprehensive approach, we're never going to really achieve long-term success. And so it is about fixing the inflammation. It is about improving insulin resistance, helping men lose weight, helping fix their hormones, help fix their micronutrient balance, all these other aspects of health that are somewhat thought of as separate isolated issues are all very tightly intertwined with sexual function. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, <laughs> Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. <laughs> spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. That's really interesting. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, our body works as a system as a whole. It's, things aren't separate. So it totally makes sense. So what does it mean to biohack male sexual performance? What exactly does that mean? Yeah, so that's a great question. So biohack is a phrase that, that's been around for quite a while now, and it and it's starting to almost be overused a little bit. But what it really means is, you know, how can we 
through our lifestyle, through our behavior, through, you know, various, you know, changes in our behavior affect our body's physiology and performance and health. And so when we think about gains wave or when we think about that sexual function, you know, gains wave is, is certainly nice, attractive modality to fix it. But if we don't address all the inputs into our human system, we come back to the issues we we're talking about before the physiologic processes that are ultimately affecting it. You know, one, one analogy that I think is helpful is to think of a high performance bicycle wheel. And this wheel is your sexual function. Well, the spokes of that wheel are things like your nutrition, your stress, mm. which causes cortisol increase and weight gain and brain fog, et cetera. Stress, your gut health, micronutrient balance, hormones. I can go on and on with, with probably 50 different spokes in your wheel. But if any one of those spokes are broken, if they're not functioning properly, then that wheel's not going to work. And so this is what I call a systems approach to health. And it is intimately associated with sexual function. And so biohacking means how can we basically fix or optimize every spoke, every input to your system so that it's working properly. Um, so as an example, sleep. So one of the most common things I see with the high-performing men that I work with is poor sleep. And uh, addressing sleep is actually paramount when it comes to losing weight, improving energy, improving focus to get into that flow state so you can be more productive at work and to improve sexual function. And so helping guys improve their sleep is one of the quote biohacks, if you will, that sounds so simple, that seems so easy, but is actually really one of the most important uh, foundational fundamental aspects of health. And so for sleep, you know, one of the best things we can do, number one, is have a very consistent sleep schedule that doesn't change even over the weekend. So what that means is you go to bed the exact same time every night, seven days a week, you wake up the same time, seven days a week, that will help your circadian rhythm, help your brain. You have sleep centers that are critically tied to your sleep cycle. And so I think that that's an important first step is to create a consistent sleep schedule. Getting sunlight early in the morning is something that people don't think of, but it actually has a dramatic effect on those sleep centers so that you can sleep better at night. So when you first wake up in those first couple hours, get outside for at least 15, 20 minutes and have direct sunlight hit your body, hit your eyes. We need to avoid blue light late at night. Within two hours of bedtime, we need to turn off our phones, our laptops, our iPads, our computers, our TVs, and practice various forms of relaxation that may be reading. That may be meditation. It may be mindfulness practices, maybe stretching, maybe yoga. It may be sex, but getting into the habit of practicing mindfulness, relaxing activities before bed is really critically important. I know these are boring people are like, yeah, give, give me the fun stuff. What's the magic pill? The magic pill is putting all these different pieces together and sleep is one that really will have a dramatic effect in and of itself. That makes sense. I mean, you know, I understand why people, they want the quick fix, but it's not necessarily going to work. And, you know, it can be very costly. It can impact your body in other ways, other medications you're taking. It's a systemic effect. Whereas these are things that just being healthy, which are going to help you in multiple areas, like you said. So that's just, that's exactly. amazing. I have a question too. The, the regenerative performance 
being improved, like the vet blood vessels and stuff. Is that something then that's permanent or would that again, is there a chance that those vessels could die again? Yeah, great question. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic question. So, so Gainswave is great at stimulating angiogenesis, new blood flow, but if you don't address those spokes in that wheel, so to speak, then that problem is going to recur again. You know, if, if you're not fixing the underlying cause, if you are mopping the floors without fixing the roof leak, mm, <laughs> you're right. not very far. Yeah. So it's addressing the underlying cause is super important as well. That makes sense. So yeah, it's a fix, but it's not going to be the only thing you do. Right. So, okay. So in this question, uh, what issues most likely lead to ED? I know we've been talking a lot about that, but what are some like action points that people could do? Obviously we've mentioned a few, but if you were to like compact yeah. them into like a little nugget, what would yep. you say? Yeah, there, there are in general four main general causes of ED. One is blood flow. First and foremost, the most common cause is lack of blood flow and you know, vascular issues. It could be atherosclerosis, you know, peripheral vascular disease. It could be from pelvic surgery, stuff like that can cause it as well. But the most common cause without question is lack of blood flow. And we can dive deeper into that in a moment. The second one would be hormones. So a lot of people will think of just testosterone, which is certainly important, but you also have thyroid, DHEA, growth hormone. You have other hormones that can impact it, cortisol, insulin, vitamin D, and I could probably list 15 other hormones that are all in some form or fashion related to sexual function. So optimizing hormones is definitely important as well. The third one would be nerves. So neurologic input is important to stimulate erections. And normally this is going to be something that's affected by, you know, prior surgery. If you had radiation in the pelvis, if you're diabetic, that can affect the nerves, peripheral neuropathy, stuff like that. And then the fourth one would be psychological. So if there's issues with infidelity or there's issues with porn addiction, I, I see that a lot where that really affects guys' ability to perform with their partner. If there's social issues in the, in the family that are affecting a man's desire to be with his partner, maybe he's not attracted to her anymore because of, of, of having an affair or, or his wife, there's issues with you know, financial stress between the two of them or anything that's affecting that, that relationship with his partner would be what I would categorize as the fourth one. So we can think of each of those four causes to help us organize how we can address or treat or even prevent ED. So when we look at blood flow, one of the most important things that affects this is nutrition. And I know that's boring. Again, sleep, no one wants to hear sleep, no one wants to hear nutrition, <laughs> but it's critically important. There are two things that are are killing our society and are, are also happen to be directly affecting sexual function. And that mm. is sugar and seed oils, sugar and seed oils, seed oils. What does that mean? Seed oils. So seed oils, we're talking about canola oil, sunflower oil, palm oil, anything. When you go to a restaurant, they're cooking with these pro-inflammatory omega-6 polyunsaturated seed oils canola, safflower, sunflower, partially hydrogenated corn oil, peanut oil, any of those oils, they have a, a very strong inflammatory response in the body. And again, remember we talked about earlier that one of the causes of ED is inflammation and insulin resistance. And those omega-6 oils are linked to cardiovascular disease, linked to early mortality, linked to Alzheimer's disease, linked to ED and other things. Um, and so what I would really... Um, 
hang your hat on in terms of what do I do? What do I eat? What do I not eat is you need to be avoiding sugar and seed oils at all costs. I'll give you an example. My wife and I were at Target last year now, and I was buying almonds. Almonds are a great source of omega-3 polyunsaturated fats, which are, is actually a really good fat. So almonds are a wonderful snack. Sure. But look at the package. And what you'll find is some bags will have in the ingredients, always look at the ingredients of whatever you're buying, and it'll say almonds. Fantastic. The other bag, it was dry roasted almonds. Sounds maybe like it's good. You look at the ingredients, and it's actually full of sunflower oil oh. and salt and almonds. Wow. <laughs> and so what you think is a healthy snack, you're actually killing yourself with all this pro-inflammatory <laughs> oil. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I would suggest read the ingredients of anything you purchase. Be aware of all the hidden oils, hidden sugars. That has a dramatic effect on sexual function. Studies show that by doing nothing other than altering diet can actually improve sexual function, just diet alone. So pretty powerful stress. Yeah. Stress is killing us. It's also affecting sexual function. So studies show that over 60% of adults are suffering with consequences of stress without even realizing it. In most cases, stress raises cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And that crushes testosterone. It causes inflammation. It causes us to gain weight and that there's store and gain weight and fat. And what that does is that converts your testosterone into estrogen, which can uh, be harmful when it comes to erectile function. And so, um, you know, stress is, is a huge culprit when we look at, you know, the busy, successful executives that I work with are traveling all the time. They don't enough sleep. They're stressed out at work and they don't practice any, any sort of mindfulness relaxation techniques and poor sleep raises cortisol, emotional stress raises cortisol, poor diet raises cortisol, any of these things that raise cortisol. And what does that do? Well, that makes you store fat and it lowers testosterone. It lowers libido, lowers your desire for sex and it affects sexual function as well. And so mitigating the effect of stress on our body is really, really impactful when it comes to sexual function. Fitness, you know, fitness has, you know, we've all heard you need to exercise more. We all know that, but fitness has a direct effect on sexual function as well. It affects nitric oxide production. It affects blood flow. It affects nerve function. It affects hormones. It affects cortisol. It goes on and on and on the dramatic effect that fitness has on sexual function. And so here I am, I I run this cutting edge regenerative medicine center, and I'm here telling you that a lot of the keys to sexual function are what you're eating, your stress, your sleep, your fitness. And so, you know, quote, biohacking in many cases comes down to the basic foundational fundamental levels. And then once you have that in place, then we start to look at fun things like peptides, peptide therapy, and things that we can do like that to augment and improve. But you got to start with the basics first. Absolutely. So now I have a key question for you. We talk about these bad oils. What's a good oil? Olive, coconut? What What are the good oils? Yeah. So avocado is great oil. Oh. It actually has a lot of monounsaturated fat. It has a, some omega-3 polyunsaturated as well. Um, any monounsaturated fat are typically much better for you. So olive oil, avocado, walnuts, macadamia nuts, stuff like that. The omega-3, so you have polyunsaturated and you have either omega-3 or omega-6 are the main two categories there. Omega-3 is anti-inflammatory, things like fish oil. So salmon, all your healthy fishes would be here. All the healthy nuts like uh, almonds, walnuts, macadamia nuts, for example, flax seeds would be in this category as well. Olive oil, avocado, again, those are all fantastic oils. Now, when you look at 
saturated fats. So that, that what I just talked about was monounsaturated or the omega-3 polyunsaturated. When we look at the saturated fats, these are fats like uh, fats from red meat, from pork, from eggs, milk, dairy, cheese, that sort of stuff. Coconut oil would be in this category as well. Okay. For some people, it's okay in moderation. In general, though, we want to limit saturated fat intake to about 10% or less of our total calories. And remember, fats have much higher calorie content than carbs or protein. So just be aware that we want to we want to focus on the monounsaturated or the or the omega three polyunsaturated fats. Things like coconut oil in moderation would be okay. For some people, I do a lot of work with genetics, and for some people, the coconut oils we got to be careful that we don't go above five percent for certain mm. people. And those are the ones with APOE variants and some other variants as well. Yeah, I remember a rumor going around that coconut oil helps against Alzheimer's. I don't know if that's actually any validity to that at all, but it just makes you wonder when it's yeah. not necessarily good for you other ways would it really would that even be true yeah i think it's worth pointing out that that there's so many studies out there that are retrospective in nature they're observational in nature meaning that they just look at a, a cohort of people and they ask survey data or they go retrospectively you know what have you eaten what have you not eaten and try to draw conclusions from that there are an infinite number of confounding variables that cannot be controlled for and so almost any nutritional study out there is nearly impossible to really draw any conclusions from. And they also make, make the mistake of, of suggesting that correlation equals causation. Mm. So what I mean by that is, you know, there, there was a study, a ridiculous study that came out just last week that, that said that men who take oral ED medications, sildenafil, tadalafil, avenafil, and a Vard, I'm sorry, vardenafil was the fourth one they have an 82% increased risk of having uh, vision problems. Uh, 82% increased risk, and it scared the bejesus out of everyone. I got all these emails, yeah. all these media centers wanted me to comment on this. Well, a number of problems with this study. Number one, correlation does not equal causation. So because the men who were taking ED medications had an increased risk of vision problems, you got to understand that the guys taking ED medications also have increased insulin resistance. They have increased inflammation. They have mm. higher weight, higher visceral fat content. You see what I'm saying? Poor habits. Yes, they don't yes. exercise as much. They eat shitty diet. Excuse my language. They're higher <laughs> stress. And so you had this community of men, men who have ED are a completely different cohort of men that don't. And so to try to say, because this group is taking an ED medication, they have a higher risk of this compared to the other group and say it's because of that ED medication is the big flaw with most of these studies. And, and the nutrition studies, unfortunately, are, are very prone to that. So so um, the, the coconut oil study, the people who are using coconut oil, what other habits are they doing differently? So for example, right. if someone's using coconut oil, that probably means that they're a little more in tune with health, they're a little more aware that, hey, I should not be using canola oil. I'm going to use coconut oil. So therefore, those people are probably more in tune with the fact that they should be exercising more. They should be taking the right supplements. They should be eating the right food. You see what I'm saying? How yes. there's so many other factors to the people who are using coconut oil, by <laughs> definition, are a completely different person than the person yes. using canola oil. So you can't show causation. So that's the big problem that's with a lot of the studies. So yeah. They're making it sound singular when it's not. It's just this big web and they're just focusing exactly. on a little piece. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But I think it's interesting too. You go to the grocery store and what do you see? You see this giant section of oil and it's predominantly vegetable oil, canola oil. 
you might find one little small bottle of avocado oil. You know, olive oil is the only contender here that has a good portion of that section at the yeah. grocery store. But the other ones are like just dominating. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of scary because people don't know that. People come, oh, there's some oil and they just grab the oil. Oh, there's mm-hmm. like 500 of this kind. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll take vegetable oil because people yeah. don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, avocado oil is being used more and more now, which is which is a nice one to look at also, um, especially for like the sprays. You have chemicals in that as well. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But you're exactly right that that most of the oils out there are are going to be very harmful for you. Right. And, you know, you just get what you get when you go to a, so- a restaurant. You just That's get right. what you get. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but I'm sure as anything with, with moderation, it's OK. Just the rest of your life, focus on the other oils when you're going to the grocery store you know, you can control that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say when you go to a restaurant, a couple of things, number one, I would very clearly specify with the server that you want no oil used on your food because the oil they're going to use is, is definitely going to be the pro-inflammatory oil. And so, you know, be aware when you're eating out, first of all, you're, it's going to be tough to really stay true to, to, you know, healthy habits, Uh, but especially the oils that they cook with, there's also a ton of hidden sugar. It, you know, a lot of guys will, Say, oh yeah, I just had a salad. Well, that salad either had ranch dressing on it, which has a bunch of bad fats mm. and sugar, or they use some sort of Italian dressing that's loaded with sugar as well. And so be aware of the hidden sugars and hidden oils in the foods you're eating. You think you're doing a good job by having salad, but in fact, you're not. You know, and I had never thought about going to a restaurant and saying, don't use oils. I, I don't think I would have ever even yeah. thought to say that, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I'm going to switch gears here real quick because I have a couple of questions from people that I got from Twitter because I I mentioned that I was going to interview you and I did it about an hour beforehand. So I didn't get a whole lot of time to collect questions, but okay. So here's one. This is a question for the doctor. I'm 53, still have a mental mindset to enjoy sex, yet I seem to be having trouble finding a spark of interest that goes with my feelings. Getting an erection isn't a problem at this time. Should I see a specialist? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, this brings up a great point. I hear this all the time. There, there's a, a two different aspects of sexual function. There's erection quality, the ability to have an actual firm erection for intercourse. And then there's the desire or what we call libido. And what I'm hearing from this question is very clearly a libido problem. And so when I hear that, it screams hormone issues. Mm. So testosterone, thyroid, DHEA, vitamin D, stuff like that would be the things I would initially focus on with him. So the question would be, does he go to a sex coach? Does he go to a urologist? Who does he go to? He can reach out to me. I'd be happy to work with him. I work with a lot of guys remotely via telehealth. You know, it's interesting. As a urologist, so a little bit of background on me. We didn't we didn't touch on this at all, but I'll just just briefly mention that I'm a board certified urologist. I was in practice for 17 years. I went through six years of general surgery and urology training before that, as well as of course four years of med school, four years of college. In all that education, in the six years of of specialized urology training, how many days do you think we got trained in hormone optimization? How many hours do you think we got trained in hormone optimization? It's a it's a trick question because the answer is zero. Really? We got zero training in how to optimize hormones. And so over the last eight years now, as I transitioned away from clinical traditional urology into what I call high performance health, 
I went through trainings and certifications and education and how to actually do it the right way. Wow. <laughs> and, and so I learned a ton about it. And so the problem is most doctors out there are, are not comfortable or familiar with managing testosterone properly. A lot of these T clinics at every corner you see now, all they're going to do is give you a shot every two weeks, which is completely the wrong approach as well. Oh. And so there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of specialization that that's required. And so what I would say to that gentleman is please reach out because I hear that a lot. And it, in my mind, it's easy to fix, but you got to know what you're doing. I never thought of that. Yeah. Injections of testosterone. That's just, that's like taking a pill. It's a short-term fix. That's right. Because you want yeah. your body to do this. You don't want to be. Right. That's right. Yep. Very interesting. Okay. And then the other question I have is, I know you're kind of more on the focus of men's sexual health, but he wanted me to address this question about women and sex drive after menopause. Do you have anything to say on that? And and maybe some of it's the same because we're all humans. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, my purpose, my passion has always been men's health. First of all, I want to, I want to clarify that. But I will say that here at the Gabbard Institute, we do a ton of women's health as well. And I have a team with me who works with the women specifically on women's health, on women's hormones, especially postmenopausal. So we do a lot of that work as well. So when you look at postmenopausal women, what happens is as their ovaries quit, quit working, they have a, a sudden decline in estradiol production. And they have a rapid decline in testosterone levels as well. And testosterone is a hormone that we think of as just for men, but women need it as well. And when we look at sex drive and libido, testosterone is critically important. And we see this all the time that women postmenopausal, they have atrophy. So they're dry and they have loss of interest or desire all because of low hormones. And so that causes you know, issues with relationships where the women are not interested in having sex, the men are. So that creates that kind of conflict. And then when they do have intercourse, the women are not into it because of hormones. And then they're dry because of hormones. And that causes pain and, and discomfort and they're not enjoying it. And, and it really ruins the entire event. And so fixing women's hormones who are especially postmenopausal women is really, really important when it comes to having great sex. Okay. So yeah, again, it's, it's hormone driven. It's, and I think it's hard because it's emotional as well. And if someone doesn't want to have sex with you, that's emotional. And so it becomes more of a relational question when really it's actually a physiological thing. Yeah. Yeah. I see this a lot and, and we deal with a lot of couples where I'll work with the man and my partner will work with the woman. And a lot of it is, is affected by physiology. And once we fix that, and they're both able to enjoy it, it changes everything. And the relationship changes, the intimacy changes. And so, you know, I, I'll emphasize here, that I think it's really important to recognize that if there's a, a problem with sex, seek out a help, seek out attention for it, because it is it's something you shouldn't suffer with. I think it's a critically important part of your relationship, of your health, of your life. And, and it can often be fixed fairly easily. Yeah, absolutely. People should not be suffering. And if you are feeling that loss, you're really missing out on a huge part of life and your relationship. So don't ignore it. I know people get embarrassed is the other thing too. They don't like to talk about this because there's a bunch of taboo stuff, you know, in our country about talking about sex. And so people have a lot of shame or they're just nervous. So that's a thing for people to overcome too. But if you can talk to a medical professional privately, you know, that still can be embarrassing, but it's an option. Yeah. 
And if you don't start, you're not going to get anywhere, just like anything else. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. So tell me about your book, Mail 2.0, Cracking the Code to Limitless Health and Vitality. What's the focus of your book? Yeah, thanks. So when I was transitioning away from traditional clinical urology into this new area of optimization and longevity and high-performance health, had this idea of writing a book for many years that lingered and it finally, uh, it finally pushed me enough that I, I had to do it. And a lot of it was based on what I saw in my urology practice for many years. I suddenly realized that we were doing it all wrong in that disease model medicine. You know, here in the U.S., we don't have health care. We have disease care. We have crisis care. Right. Where we are, and by we, I mean the medical institutions, medical doctors, hospitals, we're set up to treat disease, treat illness, treat symptom, treat a crisis or illness or symptoms, whether it's a kidney stone, whether it's prostate cancer, whether it's diverticulitis, whether it's diabetes, you get a diagnosis code, and then there's a procedural code, a CPT code that goes along with fixing it or treating it. And, and that's not doing anything to actually promote health. All that's doing is is treating the problem to get you back to this crummy baseline, this crummy neutral. Mm-hmm. And so I realized how we are incredibly reactive, just waiting for disease or illness or symptoms to occur, treat it just to get you back to neutral again and doing nothing to actually prevent or optimize health. And so male 2.0 is taking a very different look at men's health. Cause again, my purpose and passion and focus has always really geared toward the men. And so male 2.0 is shifting away from male 1.0. Male 1.0 is reactive, waiting for disease. Male 1.0 is just focused on treating symptoms. Male 1.0 is one size fits all model that we're stuck in here in the US. Male 1.0 is pill to treat an ill and focus on purely pharmaceuticals. And male 2.0 is really shifting that, that thought to living with intention of being proactive, focusing on prevention, focusing on optimization, not being okay with just neutral, not being okay with just getting you back to baseline, but how can I optimize you to what I call high performance health and, you know, help you reach your full potential. You know, it's been said that we're only operating at 40% of our full potential and we have it inside of us. It's there. It's just knowing how to tap into that, how to unlock that. And so Mel 2.0 is taking an entirely different approach to health to help us get there and incorporates a lot of data. So I talk a lot in the book about how do you use genetics to individualize healthcare and how do you personalize things based on your genetics? We talked earlier about coconut oil, perfect example. Well, I would tell you that if your genetics show this, then that, if they show this, Mm, then that. And so I can use your genetics to really personalize those recommendations when it comes to nutrition or sleep or detox or fitness or hormones, et cetera. So that we no longer just simply rely on the one size fits all model. And so that's really what Mail 2.0 was about. It's about taking an entirely different perspective. And that was really the beginning for me of the end of clinical medicine. I realized that I had such bigger aspirations and, and you know, I want to have such a bigger impact than I could in a, in a clinical medical practice. That's really why I, I made the leap was that was the beginning with that book. And that book look at, looks at health across the entire individual. It's not just a sexually health, right? A sexually Absolutely. Health yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I want to be clear. Sex is one facet of that, but because mm-hmm. I know that's what we're focused on here today. But yeah, you got to look at the, the entire, you know, I call, I call it a systems approach to health. And that is, again, thinking of that, that bicycle wheel with all the spokes and how you want to focus on the broken spokes. So I have a question too. Say someone comes to you and they want to do this genetic testing and mm-hmm. every insurance company is different. And, you know, for many people, they're just going to be like, I'm just going to pay for it. Do you find that insurance companies will pay for that? Or does it tend to be someone has to pay uh, out of pocket? Yeah, this is out of pocket. You know, insurance yeah. companies are, are focused on disease model, traditional uh, disease care, illness care, crisis care type of approach. And so when it comes to optimizing your health, how do I, how can I live longer? How can I live better? How can I feel better? Insurance companies don't give a shit about that. Right. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not where they're making their money. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) They want you reactive, not proactive. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) So you people need to take the initiative and become proactive. And, you know, I think it's totally worth it for, to find out you, I mean, it can't get any more personalized than looking at your genetics a perfect fit to you. And so I think that's totally worth it. Absolutely. You know, we, we tend to um, take a very one size fits all approach when it comes to nutrition. You know, you, you hear all the noise, especially Twitter is probably the worst about these battles of whether you should be doing keto, whether you should be doing meat-based or plant-based or whatever, when your genetics very, very strongly impact how you're going to respond to nutrition. We could look at genetics when it comes to sleep. Circadian rhythm is actually based on genetics of whether you do better, whether you have a, what's called a, a morning chronotype or an evening chronotype, whether your, mm. your, your brain centers are better equipped at, at one or the other. Toxins and, and our, our, our ability to clear toxins from our body are detoxification systems. Mitochondrial function when it comes to energy, very individualized. And so all these companies trying to sell this one magical supplement, well, it depends on genetics of whether you need that or not and whether it's right for you or not. And it's a very different approach. Absolutely. So I want to talk about newer treatment, newer treatments that have not yet reached critical mass. What does that mean? And what's your take on that? Yeah. So there are, you know, I, I, I like to pioneer. I like to be on the cutting edge and then always looking toward the future. And there are a number of treatments that are, that are amazing, first of all, and that are well-studied and proven, and there's data behind them, but you don't have widespread adoption. And I'll give you an example, mm-hmm. peptides. So peptides are truly amazing, and I think they're worthy of, of just a, a minute or two of, of discussion. So um, peptides are nothing more than amino acids. They are short proteins, if you will, any 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 chain of amino acids shorter than hundred in length is a peptide. Anything okay. longer than an amino acid is called a protein. It's that simple. Mm. And so peptides can give us the ability to have very precise individualized outcomes um, without having to use a drug. And so I'll give you an example. BPC-157, stands for Body Protective Complex 157, is a peptide. It's, it's made of 15 amino acids, and it comes from, from enzymes from the stomach. This peptide is amazing for reducing inflammation. This could be gut inflammation. This could be joint inflammation or even systemic inflammation. And so for people who are specifically suffering with the consequences of inflammation, we're going to address the underlying cause of that inflammation. But BPC-157 is a great way to attack that inflammation 
And this, again, goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning when we look at sexual function. You know, a big cause of that may be inflammation at the physiologic level. And here mm. we have a peptide, a non-pharmaceutical, non-drug product right. that can reduce inflammation and help the sexual function. How amazing. Well, the problem here is that big pharma can't make any money on it. Mm. It's not patentable. You know, we know the sequence of amino acids, so, so no drug company can own it. And right. so a compounding pharmacy that has the technology capabilities can produce BPC-157. And so therefore, it's always by definition, a generic item or product. And so this is the problem with peptides that you're never going to get the same type of large, you know, phase three studies that you get for traditional pharmaceuticals because there's no money there for them. Yeah. And so we have basic science. We have tons of science that shows us you look, go to PubMed and search BPC-157 you'll see the amazing data to support the safety and efficacy of BPC. Uh, and so that's what's beautiful about peptides, but that's what's also the problem. And that's why it's always kind of on the horizon, but mm -hmm. it's tougher to gain traction because people say, oh, well, it's not FDA approved. Well, yeah, it'll never be FDA approved because it's technically <laughs> it's a protein. Right. You, you can't, you can't FDA approve that. It, it, it's not possible. No. And so, uh, so that's amazing. So they're peptides for inflammation, for immune function, for burning fat, building muscle, sleeping, even hair loss, even sexual libido and, and sexual performance. There's, there's a peptide, peptides for musculoskeletal repair. Um, it goes on and on and on where you can find a, a very specific peptide for personalized need. And so I love peptides. The other area that, that I think is worthy of mention is PRP, exosomes, stem cells, that whole regenerative area, which, which is for now still, you know, considered outside the realm of traditional medicine, again, because getting a, the FDA to approve that is impossible because again, it's not a drug. It's not a, not something that a drug company is going to put the money into, you know, it requires millions of dollars to, to fund a, and run a, a trial, a clinical trial to get a drug approved, but a 10 year process tens of millions of dollars invested into these studies. And so they do that knowing that they're going to make, you know, nine figures on the back end, but with things like exosome stem cells, there's no money there for them. And so that's not going to happen. But when we look at stem cells, stem cells are the, the progenitor cells from every other cell in your body. So when you're in utero, when you're still a, a little embryo, you have stem cells that create all your other cells. And the stem cells specifically from the, from the human placenta are amazing because they have this regenerative quality, unlike anything else on the planet, at, at restoring your body to its original, healthy, ideal, optimal state. And so stem cells have been around for a while. They're still tough to you know, deal with FDA and, and approvals and licensure and all that kind of stuff. But fact remains that stem cells are an amazing way to restore function. Uh, exosomes, which is the next generation of stem cells, are, are the best way to think of, stem, of exosomes are the secretions of stem cells. So stem cells release these vesicles full of growth factors and cytokines that stimulate creation of new cells. And that, that's what an exosome is. They are those vesicular secretions or you know, products from a stem cell. And so from a regenerative standpoint, they're amazing they're for now still on the cutting edge of medicine because there's so much resistance from big pharma, from FDA to control this um, area of, of health. And in my opinion, it comes down to money. 
That's really sad. I mean, basically what we're saying is this is true and this is natural and can't patent nature and make money on it. So they don't care. Exactly. Yeah. And we're throwing away, not everyone, but we're throwing away placentas and umbilical cords that actually have a magic pill in them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's really disturbing. <laughs> exactly right. That's, that's highly right. disturbing and very sad, but I guess that's You're right. Oh, why are we surprised? You know, this is about money again, and it's not about you and me and all of us being healthy. It's about what can my company make for money? And that just really is sad. And just, this is why we need to talk with people like you. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> that's my vote, you know, and it's great to hear all this stuff. And, you know, so the peptide thing, is that a supplement then? Or what is a supplement that people can buy? Like if they came to you and you said, okay, this is a peptide you need. What is it? Is it a pill? Is it a liquid? Uh, great question. It depends on which peptide we're talking about. There are peptides that are oral. There are peptides that are injectable, either subcutaneous injection or even can be injected in joints in some situations. There are peptides that are nasal sprays and some are topical. So it really depends on, on the specific peptide, what the route of administration is. But they are products, again, they're chains of amino acids that need to be synthesized very carefully from compounding pharmacies. There are a number of direct-to-consumer sources of peptides out there. I never, ever recommend those places, however, because when they're direct to consumer, there's zero oversight. There's zero, right. I don't want to say regulation because regulation can have a bad tone, but but oversight to ensure that there's good quality assurance and there's purity of their products. Compounding pharmacies have to adhere to certain layers of, of purity, authenticity. They have, to, they have to have documents that show, you know, certificates that show that their products are truly what they say they are. And so whenever I work with clients, with peptides, I will prescribe them from specific compounding pharmacies that I know provide good quality products. Yeah. And this sounds to me kind of like, you know, people who try to go self-diagnose on the internet and be like, okay, this is what I need. I'm going to go to the health store and I'm going to buy this, but that doesn't right. necessarily what they actually need. They need it. They need to be, they need guidance. Exactly. Yeah. Don't go to or three or four out there that are very common guys will go to and buy. Don't go there. Don't buy them. They're, they're, they're fairly inexpensive from these places. You get what you pay for. You have no idea if what you're getting is actually what, what you're supposed to be getting. Yeah. Right. And I get the whole people want to go investigate online and be like, okay, this is what I have. This is what I should take. But again, you're not looking at the whole of the person. So it can be dangerous or ineffectual. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about your process. So someone wants to do this procedure. Do they, I mean, obviously they have to physically come in to get the procedure done. So they need to live near where you would do this therapy. Is it something that is widespread or is it more just in certain areas for the gains wave? Yeah. So great question. So there are a number of centers around the country that do gains wave. I think that the problem we're starting to run into is I'm finding even in my community here that there are a lot of pop-up clinics where they they put up some shiny ads and they're, you know, trying to run traffic to get guys to come in for gains wave and they do just gains wave and say, okay, see you later. And from what we talked about in the very beginning of our conversation, that's just, that's just a, a one part of a much bigger picture. And if you don't address the underlying cause, you're going to very shortly be right back to where you started. And so it's tough because there's so many, um, so many places that sound like they're doing the right thing, 
mm-hmm. but look for if, you know, obviously anyone can reach out to my center here. We do a lot of work via telehealth throughout the country, but I would say that if you're going to go somewhere locally, you know, ask them, do they have a systems approach to health? Do they focus on all aspects of health comprehensive? You know, what are you doing? Are you looking at genetics? What kind of functional testing are you doing? How are you tracking it? What kind of biometric tracking are you using to see if what you're doing is working? And I think that'll really give you the answer that you need on whether the place you're going to is right or not. That's great. And yeah, people could write down those questions and bring them in and be like, you know, where's, where do you stand on this? I think that's a great tool for people that are interested in doing this and yeah. trying to make sure they're not going to a hack. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's <laughs> unfortunately easy to do. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's hacks out there if you want them. They're they're there. Exactly. That's <laughs> they're there right. to take your money too. Talking about people taking money. They're there to do it. <laughs> exactly. Was there anything else that you'd like to say that you want to, that we haven't touched on that you think is really important on this topic or that people should know about? Yeah, I think that um I think what I would say would be to think differently. So what I mean by that is don't look for just the the quick easy fix. Don't look for, you know, the simple pill or the simple, hey, let me just come in and get a shockwave and I'm in and out and done and that's it. Think differently in the fact that we need to, and that's what Mel 2.0 is about. That's what Gabbed Institute for High Performance Health is about, is to think differently about your health and um, understand that it's not as simple as one easy, quick fix. That makes sense. And I think that's important because is anything ever that easy and quick? No. <laughs> if it's going to be real and beneficial, there's more to it than that. Absolutely. Yeah, um, exactly right. And I do have a gift for your listeners um, if oh, they awesome. want to get more information. Yeah. So um, your listeners can text the word health to 26786. Again, health to 26786. And when they do that, they're going to get a couple of things. Number one, I'm going to share with them a complimentary copy of a digital copy of my book, Mel 2.0. Oh. So we'll get that complimentary. Um, they're also going to get my top 10 secrets to high performance health, which are some tips that they can use to kind of get started on things today. And then finally, if they want to get on a call with me and my team to understand how to incorporate some of the stuff we talked about today, um, they can book a, a complimentary discovery call as well. Awesome. So that is to text the word, the word health to 26786. That's right. That's right. And that's longstanding, right? That's not just a short term exactly. thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Long-standing. It's not like it's going to expire or something. It won't go away. It will not go away. <laughs> It's awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much. This has been absolutely fascinating to talk with you. And I just was really excited to learn more about what you had to say. And it's just, just very fascinating. And I'm really excited to share this with my listeners and with the world. I mean, it's, awesome. it's fantastic. Do you ever deal with people from other countries or are you kind of more just United States? We do. We do. Yeah. I got, I have one guy from London right now working with, and then I have one in Australia and New Zealand. So we definitely do international work as well. We're starting to expand and I have two medical doctors in London who are looking to start physician certification program under Gap Institute to run my um, high-level program that we offer as well. So uh, we're growing very quickly. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great thing. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to be a part of shouting that out. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. You have a good day. You as well. Okay. Bye-bye. You got it. Have a good one. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast episode, and I hope you find it helpful. I would love it if you gave me a rating on my podcast. Leave me a comment. Did you like this episode? What else would you like to see me talk about on the podcast? I love to delve into fantasy, into erotica in the sexuality realm, as well as sexual health with tips from experts like 
this guest today. So check him out all down in the podcast notes. Also, I will put my links down in the podcast notes if you would like to check out more about me and my erotica books and my erotic audiobooks and where I am all across the internet and where I post things and interact. So I hope that you enjoyed this, that you found it helpful. And if you need the help, I hope you take the next step and contact him Make the move. I can just imagine how wonderful your life will become. So I hope you have an amazing, sexy fucking day. Love ya. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning You get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.